Jane Duker has spent most of her adult life steeped in the operations of government. And she says that level of knowledge about how government should work would make her a better county executive than the incumbent, Sam Page. Duker, a former Democratic political strategist and lobbyist, joins us on the latest episode of Politically Speaking. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. We have to talk about things that matter to people. I've tried to bring that same aggressive iconoclast style with me to uh, the United States Senate. I think my district is a model for the state. We put Missourians first. You just kind of have to find the common ground with people. I believe that this district deserves someone who represents their values. After I came back to St. Louis, I started thinking that I could have a bigger role on the change that I wanted to make. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Rachel Lippman. Joining me in studio today is my co-host, Jason Rosenbaum. And also with us today is a Democratic candidate for county executive, Jane Duker. And Jane, if you have been following politics for a while, people recognize your name mostly as a campaign strategist, advisor, etc. You've made the switch now from strategist operative to candidate. Why make that switch? Well, it's interesting because I'm not sure I ever thought that I would. And um, but I've been watching. I was born and raised in St. Louis County my whole life. And my whole family's here. My parents were raised here. And uh, I was really concerned about the direction of the county. That is really it. And look, my first love was doing governmental policy. I mean, I was in the attorney general's office and did legal, but it was also policy oriented. And then um, obviously I was in the governor's office. And so I think, um, you know, policy and governing has always been my first love. And frankly, I just I thought things were in the wrong direction. And I said, you know what, I am totally qualified for this and I need to step up. And so I have. And so it is different. As much as you think, you know, being sort of the staffer, what it's like to be the candidate. You don't. It's completely different. But I will tell you this, there's aspects about this that I adore. I mean, I love going out and talking to people and talking to regular people and saying, hey, you know, what are you worried about? What are you thinking? And so um, that part of it has been a dream and it's been a highlight. So So what are some of like the biggest differences between strategy side, campaign side and candidate side of it? Like, I'm I'm just curious because you think like, oh, you know, the ins and outs of of how to run the campaign, but then you've got to actually execute what the strategists are telling you. Well, and I've come to realize, as I did when I was a staffer, that the candidates, you can't be objective. You can't because it's your candidacy. And so when, you know, you're talking to people and you want and there's issues that they care about and you want to say, oh, you know, let's 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 do this and that. And, you know, you have to keep focused. And it's a lot harder to do that when you're the candidate. And so, you know, developing the plans and executing the plans. Executing is what my job is. But trying to do the planning and the executing is impossible, especially on a countywide race. Why would you be a better county executive than Sam Page? One, I think, frankly, just governmental competence. Um, that's number one. Um, something I'm hearing from everyone now is, is, frankly, they're a little embarrassed by county government right now. And they feel like just the regular rating, running the trains on time is not happening, not keeping talent, losing a ton of, of bureaucratic talent within county government to provide basic services. Um, I get tons of county employees who are miserable and they really feel like that, that, that the county's just not operating. And I think that, um, look, everyone knows me. I can, you know, uh, I can I can be in a war with someone, but you don't 
you have to pick your wars. And it seems like Sam Page just cannot get along with his own counsel. These are four people. Mark Harder and Tim Fitch actually voted for him to be county council or to be county executive. You know, Britta Days came in supporting Sam Page. Shalonda Webb came in supporting Sam Page. And for some reason... I wouldn't say that. I think she's kind of on the fence, basically. Well, but she didn't come in hostile until they disenfranchised her with the first thing on right, the chair vote. Right, but she defeated was... one of Sam Page's allies. So I think I... I think calling Shalonda Webb a Sam Page ally is a stretch. Well, I kind of agree with Jane, though. Like She, she didn't in come in hostile. being like, no, oh, she, didn't. she certainly no. wasn't going to be an ally, but I will agree that there was some unnecessary alienation going on at the initial I, point. I will, whereas, I will say not know, letting yeah. her vote in the uh, council chairwomanship race probably burned a bridge. I, I will definitely say I, that. I, I was surprised. I thought it would have burned a bridge. It didn't burn it, but it sure made it rough. And so I think, you know, when you look at like the, the African-American women, he has, you know, an issue with African-American women. Hazel, Sholanda, Rita. Um, he's, he's not had a good run on that, and people are sensing that. Is your campaign directly raising money, or are you mostly relying on the Jane Pack to do it? Where are you getting the financial support to go out and do a campaign, which, as you mentioned, countywide can be expensive? Yes, I have both. So I'm raising money into a pack, and they're doing things, and then I have a campaign committee, and I've raised money into both. And you've deregistered as a lobbyist? I had to do that before. I couldn't even file a committee before I deregistered. That's why we're asking the question. So you were an unpaid political advisor to St. Louis, former St. Louis County Executive Mm -hmm. Steve Stanger. Yes. And he ran a very divisive and unpopular administration. Shouldn't that raise a red flag to voters about your own county executive potential? Um, I mean, being an unpaid campaign volunteer is not, I mean, they, they I think like, there's a difference between volunteer, though, and adv- strategy advising. I would say for the first three years, I we didn't even talk. So, I, I mean, to say that I, you know, was a, a part of the administration is is false. And what's interesting is, you know, Sam Page voted with Steve Stenger 99% of the time. Steve Stenger raised all the money to make uh, Sam Page county, the county councilman. And we had the Democratic state auditor, Nicole Galloway, who wrote an audit that said that Sam's lack oversight of Stenger um, contributed to his ability to, you know, to commit the crimes that he committed. Yeah. So he has a Stenger problem, you know, much more than I do. He actually took votes. This whole thing with, you know, how the, the factions break down and, you know, Page and Stanger were allies until they weren't allies. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you keep because the relationships with the council are so much more important than party lines in county government? You like, just hit the nail on the how, head How do right you there. like keep things from just like fracturing apart? Because it seems like it has the last two administrations. There's been allies until they aren't allies. I, it's interesting because, frankly, I think probably one of the um, common threads there is Sam Page. I mean, he really is the divider in chief. He makes issues where there doesn't have to be issues. Governing by press release that really doesn't have anything to do with the actual governing of St. Louis County government. Um, I think communication is everything. Frankly, I'm a better communicator um, and collaborator than both Steve Stanger and Sam Page. Now, now I promise this is not going to be a 40-minute conversation about Steve Stanger because this is a, a, a conversation about why you're better than Sam Page. But there mm-hmm. was an article in 2020 mm-hmm. about how you advised Stanger on the Northwest Plaza situation. I want to first of That's all— That's false, All right, by the way. all right. 
Did you not? No. In the first, like I said, the first three years of his administration, we didn't talk. The only thing that I did was I did a review. They gave me a set of documents, and they wanted an independent review. So I reviewed the documents to determine whether the county got a good or bad deal. Okay. And that was all I did. And and I and I actually told I worked with Steve Gingrich and others on that when I told them this is these are the documents I've been given. This is everything. This is why I think that whether the county got a good deal or not. Okay. That was all I did. Yeah, and I'm not alleging that that was wrong, but we do Well, I, I wasn't involved with the actual deal. Right. But how is that any different than what Josh Hawley did by bringing in political advisors to do official governmental work? Well, he paid them. I, I did it for free. But isn't it the same concept that he was like audited well, I, for, basically? Well, no, I was completely transparent okay. to the media at the time. So I was very open wide and said, look, these are the documents I looked at. And this is why I think what they're saying is false. The idea that they could go out and get cheaper space was really the focus of it. And it was really on the only on the governmental side. And and actually, I don't think the county got a bad deal. So before we dive into issues, I want to talk about mm-hmm. your path to victory, sure. because here is the reality of the situation. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Republican crossovers in this race. There's a very big U.S. Senate primary going on. You'll probably actually see more of the opposite, where people are going to be pulling the Republican ballot to say, exactly. I want to exactly. you know, pull so, other can of worms. So I don't but... think you can depend on Republicans who are mad at Sam Page. I don't Correct. think I don't think you're going to get a lot of votes where I live in Richmond Heights and Maplewood and Olivet, because that seems to be like progressive central. I think this is going to come down to where North St. Louis County votes for both the African-American areas and the integrated areas. Why do you think that you would be a candidate that can win over those voters? Well, first of all, I don't know if you saw the Remington poll over the weekend, but in the first con- congressional district, mm-hmm. which includes yes. a lot New of the progressive areas, the new one. Um, and it includes all the areas you're talking about, plus North County, and he only has a 34% favorable rating. Mm. So he is struggling. He is definitely struggling in North County. And what this is looking like in North County is basically the Waltons and Page versus everybody else. So there's candidates against all of the Walton candidates. Um, Rita Days is um, up, but Shalonda Webb is not. Mm-hmm. I think the people that are going to be attracted to Rita Days and the anti-Walton candidates are not going to be pro-Sam. So I think um, I think his base in North County is struggling big time. I mean, I've been up there. He doesn't really go up there. Um, and, you know, when I'm walking down the Ferguson Parade and I'm getting people chanting, vote Jane, vote Jane, um, I'm, I'm getting a very good reception in North County. I got the endorsement of the Fannie Lou Hamer Democratic Coalition. Sam Page didn't. I'm the only candidate that's ever gotten both the St. Louis County Police Officers Association and the <laughs> Fannie Lou Hamer Democratic Coalition. So I think that speaks loudly to, and I think a lot of the discrimination issues going on in St. Louis County against women, against African Americans, Troy Doyle, Hazel Irby, they all have lawsuits. That resonates with people in the Central Corridor talking about, now, wait a minute, why are we spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on defending discrimination lawsuits? Why are we defending a lawsuit um, because Sam Page refuses to bargain with a duly constituted union? Why are we doing things that go against democratic values? Why did we try to throw out Rita Days, the more competent, the more experienced African-American candidate, for the less experienced candidate, Lisa Clancy? And and why does he have a second job? I hear that a ton. People don't understand why he thought that just didn't apply to him. So I do think that there is a, a sentiment out there that he doesn't treat people well. 
And people, um, they sense that. Whether they can verbalize it in the same way, I believe that sentiment's out there. Let's switch to talking about some of the issues that keep coming up time and time again, just even across the region in general. And one of them is clearly public safety, both city and county. You're worrying about that. Um, You've had a number of Republican state lawmakers come on, politically speaking, and say that Proposition P, which was the Mm -hmm. half-cent sales tax raise for public safety, um, has just kind of been a failure because you've seen crime go up city, county, et cetera. Is there anything that you as county executive could do to change that perception and make it seem like this you know, increase didn't do what it was intended to do? Well, one, in the county, it didn't do fully what it was intended to do because it was diverted. So the, the two major issues, I think, that voters, especially in North County and Central County, wanted was more community policing. So the county did do a good job of getting um, pay up so that they could recruit officers. But St. Louis County is going to be 120, 125 officers down by the end of the year. And that's un- that's unprecedented in St. Louis County. And the reason is not money. It's lack of leadership. So we definitely have the politicized police search was an unmitigated disaster. Um, the whole, um, you know, Mary Barton being the compromise candidate and her having struggles from day one and, and baby basically lasting only a year, that was a big problem. Um, we don't have the substations that were promised. We're five years in, and now they're going to cost double because they weren't done when they were supposed to because they didn't want to give Stanger a victory, which is nonsense. And we don't have two officers to a car in high-crime areas, which, which those were two stated promises that had been violated. It, money went to things like the county counselor's office, went to health care at the jail. I mean, look, I get that you can make a cause for public safety for just about anything. But but you talk to the voters, they wanted this stuff to go toward um, toward police and getting all of that done. We got $23 million for a new intelligence center from the state. So that's going to be unbelievable. Um, but we, you know, the biggest issue is we have doubling of, of violent crime in St. Louis County in the last 10 years. We have to have a crime plan. And we don't even have a full police board. So this is, you know, he's had a ton of turnover on the police board. That's not going to work. The chief search was an unmitigated disaster. I mean, literally, there was a racial incident every three months with a chief What we had for three years. We had, her, you know, her brother-in-law used the N-word on the radio, and he got his pension. I mean, that really upsets people. So I think we did a, a, a poll of our membership, you know, and we got... Our membership is St. Louis County Police Officers yes. Association, correct? And there was over 700 cops that responded, and 73% of them said, we don't know what the crime plan is. So, no, I don't think you can structurally blame Prop P. I think you can blame the lack of leadership and not having a crime plan as to what we're going to do in the high crime areas. Crime is the number one issue, north, south, central, um, and, you know, black, white, female, male, that you hear that businesses, you hear that from everyone. We cannot move forward if we don't take care of the crime plan. Now, you mentioned the diversion of mm-hmm. the funds. And yes. you also mentioned the fact that, like, nurses in the Justice Center got money mm-hmm. from that. Why wouldn't that fit under the umbrella of public safety? I mean, they're probably doing just as hard of a job as police officers are doing. So and, if, I mean, you had so some cities say they were going to pay potholes with it, too. Exactly. And that's just it. You, you know, the street department, the people who fix the streets are working really hard, and we need to incentivize them. We need corrections officers. We need—this was this was billed to the voter as we're going to make sure that the police have everything they need in order to keep us safe. Crime's been going up. Everybody senses it. 
even though there's an ordinance that requires that crime stats be put on the web, Sam hasn't put the crime stats on the web since he was appointed county executive. He's hiding crime stats. And people sense that. So, yes, you could put everything under public safety. Government is public safety. But that's not what the voters believe. The voters really did believe that they would be taken care of, especially community policing. That was the number one thing. And, you know, getting the substations, the actual the, capital expenditures then, that then we can do. Then why was it public safety in Prop P and not specifically police? I do think that there are some that complained that the language was um, a little vague, but there was an ordinance passed that closed the, that closed the loopholes. Unfortunately, it was after some of the diversion had already occurred. Now, I saw one of the ads for Gene Pack, and it had a bar chart of the homicides. And it mm-hmm. said that homicides— Or violent crime. It said that the bar went up in 2018, which was a time like when Prop P, I guess, hadn't been fully implemented. But I'm Correct. assuming that money had come in during that time. Doesn't that showcase that just throwing money isn't—throwing j- money at— police or public safety isn't like a panacea for crime? Well, it's not the only thing. You have to look at everything. You have to look at officer morale. You have to look at is whether, is whether the force is actually, you know, being directed and has a crime plan. It, it's one piece of a big puzzle. And frankly, I'm the only candidate that knows all the pieces and understands all the pieces. I'm the one who can represent police in Jeff City when we you know, worked for 18 months with the Black Caucus, ACLU, NAACP, the, um, and getting a the criminal reform bill with Senator Brian Williams. We were at the table for the 18 months. That doesn't happen with anyone else. And we got that we got that legislation done. And the police, I get them to the table, and I think I have the ability to effectuate change and effectuate leadership in a way that Sam Page never can. Given your relationship that you have had with the St. Louis County Police Officers Association mm-hmm. and the SLPOA, mm-hmm. how do you present then yourself as sort of a neutral or willing to come and listen to both sides? And by the way, that acronym is the city. St. Louis Police Officers Association. St. Louis County Police Officers Association. Yeah, St. Louis is the county. But you have represented the city cops. And the Missouri Missouri FOP. Continue. Yeah. And in fact, I got the endorsement of all 7,000 police officers across the state. They normally don't they normally don't endorse in local races, but they felt that the crime situation in St. Louis is now becoming a statewide issue because it's detrimentally affecting the economic engine of the state. So this is why I think so if saying that is somehow a problem, then Sam Page being a doctor and actually working at a hospital during the pandemic, then I guess that was a conflict. Nobody asked about about that. So I actually think that the number one issue is crime and having someone that has a good relationship with the entire workforce that is responsible for promoting public safety, I think that's actually a plus. You can't say that he can't, you know, market that he was a doctor during COVID and I can't market that I worked with police during a crime crisis. Wow, what a great transition to our next topic. I know, you teed it right up for I'm us. there. Boom. <laughs> is there, this is T-ball. There, yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there any point during the COVID-19 pandemic where you would have supported the county having a mask mandate? Oh, absolutely. I was not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-masker. My whole approach is this is, and I will use a doctor analogy, he used an axe when he could have used a scalpel. And the problem is when you go to the well and you overdo with people, you lose them. And when it started to become political, the second shutdown of the restaurants, when no one, not even the city, was doing that, um, and he came out and bragged that he had the most restrictive in the United States, it was he politicized the pandemic. And what I wouldn't do is, one, I, I don't think it was appropriate that he tried to govern in the schools. 
That is not the county's job. The county's job is to not tell the schools what to do. They have their own power, they have their own ability, and they should have done that. He can advise, he can do whatever, but I thought that that was inappropriate. So you would have supported a mask mandate maybe in like 2020 when there was no vaccine, but you clearly did not support one in 2021. That's not true. I I supported what I was upset about and what everyone should have been upset about is he refused to follow the law. Mm And was told so. And that was the major problem. You have to go to the council. You cannot pretend that they were not part of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was this pattern of him refusing to follow the law. And then people got so aggravated with him in Jeff City. The bill was passed curbing his power. In 2021. And there was yeah. like, what, three or four Democrats that actually, you know, voted against that bill think, because they realized right. the yeah, overreach. So, yeah. 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 This kind of leads into a, yeah. This is kind of leads into a question that I had, which is, you know, Jeff City's response to a lot of things that the city and the county do mm-hmm. is to pass a law saying you either can or cannot do that, regardless of whether you agree with what prompts those laws in Jefferson City. Is that the right response for the state to come in and say? You local governments cannot do that, but then also be talking about local control in all other contexts when it benefits them. Well, I find it funny. Everybody uses local control when it's, you know, when they I mean, think it's I mean, I love to point so out that the all... city has argued it on both sides yes, of the legal equation. But everybody does it. So local this idea. Now, look, I do believe there was a time that local control was actually primary. And Missouri, a lot of Missouri law was based on local control. But we're so far from that now where people use it as a sword and a shield that I I find it sort of an irrelevant argument. And so, look, here's the deal. The state, you know, just like the feds, they trump the state, the state trumps local. That's reality. Mm -hmm. And so rather than picking wars, why not go to Jeff City? I can go to Jeff City and pass a bill. Sam Page can't. Sam Page doesn't have vote four votes on the county. How do we move forward when he is unable to develop a sufficient coalition to get you know, policies implemented? Now, similar question to the mass mandates. Is there a point in the pandemic where you would have supported occupancy restrictions? Because that was something that a lot of businesses were very upset about. I mean, I think, um, again, I would never have had an, a totally on, totally off approach about anything. Mm-hmm. I think the restaurants would have taken a 50 percent reduction rather than be, being closed down in the holidays. And But he didn't talk to them. He had lawyers draft all of the orders. And I can't wait to see all those emails someday. Is um, all, You know, Lewis Rice drafted all those orders. Sam told him what to write. There was no sort of expert vetting. There was no, um, you know, I would be curious. He would never answer the question. The director of health never would answer the council the question, did you actually draft the orders? Did you decide what was going to be in those orders? So what did you learn from watching all of this where if we had another, you know, as we saw with the original Omicron wave or, you know, anything, any, any, you know, new disease that emerges, monkeypox, for example, how would you handle another surge or another medical you know, health emergency. First of all, I would engage the council. I would not try to like barrel over these people. And 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 because first of all, it doesn't work. Like we've all seen it doesn't work. You have to work with them. You have to be prepared to compromise. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, there are good things about being a doctor in a pandemic, but there's also bad things because it was his way or the highway. There was no people would come to him with legitimate concerns on some of these orders. I mean, these orders were 70 pages. The city orders would be like two pages. They had a health board that actually went online and spoke to people and said, here are the factors. 
it was the I have to say, Lida did a better job because she went to this board. They all did the discussion in front of everyone. She engaged the board of aldermen and they all came together. Why didn't we hear in any other jurisdiction the brawls that we heard I, in St. Louis County? Before we go to break, I will just say the COVID restrictions in the city were a lot less controversial than the county. Absolutely. Even though we, Rachel knows for sure how factionalized the city is. I don't remember one city Mm-mm. board of aldermen meeting where there was any disagreement over that. Uh, you saw a couple of them, but it but was really, like and it was not like the county, and it was very more fringe kind of beliefs. I mean, I will say that I was a little shocked when they debated a me- measure last week that some people were voting against it because there was COVID money in there, not because there was funds for sure, abortion right. <laughs> abortion restrictions in there. But we will be right back after this quick break. And we're back on Politically Speaking with St. Louis County Executive Candidate Jane Duker. And um, there's a lot of money flowing into both the city and the county. You've got mm-hmm. remaining American Rescue Plan Act dollars. There's funds coming in from the RAM settlement negotiations. Well, we don't know. We, don't we, don't know. Know. we figure there's some coming in. Yeah, Let's we'll, start we'll, with... We'll get to the RAMs We'll in start a with American yeah. Rescue Plan Act we'll first. If you are a county executive, how do you want to see that remaining... I don't remember how much there is in the county left, but the unspent pot of American Rescue Plan Act dollars. What would be your priorities for that? Well, one, I think that there are there are some projects that we have to look at very seriously because we have state matches. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you know, look, it's more fiscally responsible to leverage your money if you can get state money and other sources of money. So I'm always a fan of, you know, being budget sort of, um, you know, leveraging our dollars to the best extent. So I would definitely look at those. And I think, you know, there's the, there was a, a wonderful event up at UMSL where um, there was a lot of money put in um, for the development of the South Campus up at UMSL. And so that that was great. Um, you know, we have the Jamestown. I mean, good for Shalonda Webb. She was gonna, not ever going to take no for an answer on that. And she finally got it done. You know, we had Crestwood go down and have a redevelopment in much shorter time than we had Jamestown Mall. These people um, look at Northwest Plaza and say, why not us? So for all the people who are hating on that project, everybody wants the ability to redo dead mall space because it's happening all over the country. Yeah. And that project was better than anyone. And I have it has nothing to do with the donation dollars and all the other nonsense that with it. I'm looking at the project themselves, and it generated a lot of economic development. So $6 million from the state, $6 million from the county, good for her. Sam Page fought her the entire way and then took credit for the project. Again, that was that. So I would support definitely the removal of Jamestown Mall. So I think those are two priorities. Um, they did um, take some of the federal pandemic money and try to get it toward um, get hiring COs and more personnel over at the jail. That's at a crisis level. It's it is at a crisis level and it needs to be addressed right away. Uh, um, I will tell you, the first tranche of money being solely controlled by the county executive, that will never happen. First of all. I thought I look. I think it violates separation of powers. I also think it's really bad politics. And that was in 2020. Yes. Yeah, that was CARES Act, the original yeah. well, CARES Act. Well, there's absolutely yeah. there's still some left, which is totally disturbing. So you know that people has not been out there to help people. It took months to get the small business relief funds out because it was run out of the county executive's office and they failed and they had to you know dump it on the partnership. So it took eight months and we still had a federal kickback scheme going on. So I, I you know I think that one we have to be more transparent. There has to be more plans. I don't know if I'm going to have the ability to have any of that money um, because it looks like they're putting together plans to spend it now. So it's a little difficult for me to even know whether I will have any say over that money. Um, But I will tell you this, we're certainly going to audit it and we're going to audit every dime. And I don't 
blame the lawyers and the auditors that are there, but it's garbage in, garbage out. If they're not given information, it's very difficult for them to do an effective audit. The You know, in the first round of money, the city of St. Louis spent $50,000 on compliance. They had auditors. They didn't have any trouble. Granted, it's a smaller jurisdiction. They but, also got less money the first time around, but that, too. But, but also, though, but the compliance is the same, basically, depending on, you know, it doesn't depend on the amount. They spent 50000 and the county spent millions. I mean, there's just a level of mismanagement at every at every turn that just doesn't make sense. And so I do believe that matching is, is the number one priority. And we're basically down to about $70 million. So there's not a lot to give out. I don't think that ongoing money... I remember that one-time money should be used for ongoing that expenses. That was going to be my next question. About, I was going to say, you've kind of already answered the next you, you question. Don't, you, you, don't, oh. you don't think it should be used to fill budget holes, No, basically. I do not. Now, the revenue replacement was for that, and it was supposed to be a temporary measure. And trust me, I was in the governor's office and administered the state's budget during the biggest crisis that we've ever had in the state history after 9-11. And we cut more from the budget than any other governor because we had to. So I, I know budgets pretty well, and this idea that you're going to take one-time money and fill operating expenses, we're going to have a structural deficit of anywhere to 60, 80 million dollars in the county. That is unacceptable. How do you square that, though, with saying, you know, we're at crisis level, we need to get the COs in there? That's building in a structural deficit. It's priorities. They did. And I and I and I was I was clear about that. I did not believe using the ARPA money for salaries was a good idea. The prosecutor's office got a bunch of lawyers and staff on ARPA money. And they're like, well, what happens when the money runs out? There's no plan. Mm -hmm. So those people are going to probably have to be fired. There has to be a restructuring of government. Um, everybody just started adding, you know, just scattershot. There's no overall organization of government, and we're going to have to make some tough decisions. Now let's talk about the Rams money. I've asked you this before. I'm not saying the county should get zero dollars. Mm-hmm. I am really struggling about why they should get equal share when they did not commit any commitment to the riverfront stadium the way the city did explain to me why i'm wrong there they built the dome and i think if we we built the dome we paid we probably i think we may have contributed i'll get the exact figures for you but we may have committed committed more to the building of that dome so the county absolutely has a seat at that table what i'm concerned about that fight Look, everybody knows that that fight's got to and going to happen. Right. So we're either having, they're in an epic brawl that they don't want to talk about until after the election, or they have a secret plan they're not telling anybody about. Either answer is completely unacceptable. The council has never been briefed on it. I'm not, the Board of Aldermen has never been briefed on it. And Sam Page's last public statement on it was, we're really busy. And people don't like that answer. I am shocked at how many people ask me on the campaign trail about what is happening with the federal or with the NFL money. And people just don't like it. They think it's shady and they think it's underground. And Sam Page, okay, the statute is very clear that he has to get his members confirmed. He put up Charlie Dooley. Charlie Dooley got voted down. He nonetheless has him sitting there. He put up Annette Mandel, didn't even bother going to the council. So whatever they do, if either of those those votes matter, it's illegal and it's going to get struck down. But again, another example of him not following so, or believing so the law do, applies. Do you think the county should get an equal share to the city? I don't, I don't think it's untenable for them to argue that they should. But you know what? They had a mediator come in from Kansas City, mm-hmm. and Sam's representatives and Tashar's representatives didn't participate in the mediation. Mm-hmm. The board 
clearly doesn't understand why there is not a discussion going on. So it's in a big holding pattern. And then come to the board is the the, uh, RSA, RSA, which owns the owner of the dome. Right. And they've got their share, which is fine. I think they get the money back for the money they put up. That's what covers that. That's what the, the RSA is the one who put up the money to go for the for the new dome. They get their money back. That's what that's covered. Whatever amount the county does come out of this settlement with mm-hmm. unrestricted pot of money mm-hmm. for the county, however much it is. What should it be used for? What are the priorities that you would have for this pot of money? Well, I would argue, again, we cannot use it for ongoing expenses. It's one-time monies. There's a lot of capital expenditures that need to happen. Like, there are roads you can't, county roads you can't even travel. There has not been a word about roads in four years. Either administration. It's not infrastructure week? I mean, it should be. (laughs) I mean, and so we, we, we have some horribly deteriorating infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a problem with our county government building. I mean, my understanding is we're out of compliance with the federal government and they're talking about building a new government center, which that's a lot of money. Um, I mean, so I, I, I will always be focused on one-time money goes to one-time expenses. So if there are big needs that need to happen, transformative needs, we have a, you know, um, um, a lot of good stuff going on in North County, but we can always do more. So I am not going to say this is my actual list. I'm going to say that we need to do it on one-time expenses. Now let's do a lightning round. For lightning. The li- lightning round. Do you think that there should be a council manager that would, among other things, make decisions on county contracts? Like a, like a, there's been city a, manager, or uh, not wait, a city manager. You want a city manager form of government, or do yes. you want? I mean, look, I think I believe that has actually been proposed by it, Councilman Fitch. That's yes. the reason I, I'm not. I'm not just asking no. this. And it was at, talked about at the Charter Commission. Yeah, continue. So no, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. And one of the reasons as, that I'm running is because I've managed the state, and right now the level of competence is it's, it's just unacceptable. So I think people are yearning for people who have experience and actually know how to run a governmental body, a large governmental body. So no, I think you should always move to more manager. I'm 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 okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I was also okay with nonpartisan voting. And I know a lot of Democrats are uptight about that, but I I think this idea that St. Louis County is the hotbed of cultural issues is nonsense and it's purposely divisive when 99% of the stuff that we do has nothing to do with that. Do you think that oh, continue. Do you think county council members should make more than the $20,000 a year they currently make? Yes. I do. I think if you want good county council people, you pay them a little more. I'm not talking about making them rich. I'm not talking about, but I do think they they deserve a raise and should get a raise. And to argue that this is, I mean, it is part time because people have jobs, but it's a lot of work and it's gotten to be a lot more work lately, which is another problem because of the arguing county council members now have to spend a lot more time because they don't get information from the you know uh, executive branch. So yes, they deserve a raise. Did you support the Better Together plan? I, I didn't work on it. The only piece that I worked on was the police piece, mm-hmm. was whether um, and negotiating whether if you were going to combine the police departments, what that would look like and what the police officers believed in and what they thought was good policy. So from a police standpoint, there is a path to getting a metropolitan a truly, truly metropolitan. metropolitan police department. And that will not be off the table for me by any means. I think that we do need metropolitan policing. I think people in the county are very concerned that we spend hundreds of millions of dollars in the city, gleefully, for 
botanical gardens, the zoo, all the amenities that we all love as a region. But part of that bargain is, is when you go down there that you feel safe. And right now, people do not feel safe going downtown, and we have to address that. Should the city join the county as a municipality? Not a true merger, but the city of St. Louis becomes the 80-whatever-eth municipality. It, it, I the still city. count that as a merger, but we're, we're not, we, won't get, we won't get kind into that. I mean, get, okay, just as far as the deals, right now, I think that even since Better Together fell apart, both entities are even further weakened. I think taking two weakened parts and trying to put them together is a recipe for disaster. I think both both have a lot more to do. I think you can do it. Um, I know I'm getting too close, aren't I? Sorry. <laughs> I think you can do a lot more to make um, both entities stronger. I remember when I had this meeting with Jeff Rainford not long after I got out of the governor's office. I mean, that's how long people have been talking about this issue. And I said, I would not try to shove an elephant down a flea's throat. It doesn't work in Missouri. We're kind of a parochial, slow-moving, democracy is slow. Start start on different pieces. And, you know, things like the courts, policing, public safety. There are things that people, I think, could maybe feel like make sense. But the idea that we're just going to boom, I think that was too much for people to take in one swing. Now, what would be some specific things that you want to do would do on an incremental level? Well, I, I, I would seriously look at policing mm-hmm. because the crime problem now is out of control. There is no consistency in policing and prosecution and anything that makes people safe. And so I feel like that should be the first place to start. The courts, the courts can do it on their own without having to go to the people. But no one approached the courts. When you say for courts, that. what level are we talking about here? State courts. Okay. Any specific programs, cooperation efforts currently in place that you would continue but potentially tweak? Oh, the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership needs to be kind of redone. It's really started, sort of just turned into an administrative arm to give out federal money. That's not what they should be doing. There's been no marketing of the county. There's been re- no real plans. There's been every project, most of the projects that the county executive takes credit for are state projects. We need to start over and start marketing again. We need to, st- we, that needs to be overhauled. I am not a big fan of the Port Authority. I got to tell you, I know they hold property there in order to negotiate, but it just seems to be a hotbed of just shady deals. And so I'm not sure. So maybe we just, you know, we, 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 get rid of it and then reconstitute it um, because it's not really doing its job. It's taking all the gaming money. You know, we're going to be in a budget crisis like day one. I mean, it's we have a structural deficit in both the city and the county. I mean, we've got some tough decisions that have to be made. And so I think we need somebody who has experience doing that. So um, I, I, you know, I think that one is the first one I will probably look at is the Economic Development Partnership and policing both. For all of our stories, you can always pop on over to stlpr.org, including our complete coverage of the upcoming August primary. You can always tag along with me on Twitter. I am at R. Lipman. Jason, where can people find your insights? Jay Rosenbaum. And Jane, where can people find you and your campaign on Twitter? Well, I'm on Twitter at at Jane Duker. D-U-E-K-E-R, yes. People tend to get that wrong. But then there's also janeforcountyexecutive.com. And there you can email me directly. I get get the emails. So I would love to hear people have been giving me issues, wanting T-shirts, signs. It's kind of fun. Politically Speaking is a product of St. Louis Public Radio, a service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Until next time, so long.